0: Welcome to Sound and Vision,
1: conversations with contemporary artists and musicians about the creative process. Here's the host of Sound and Vision, Brian Alfred. If you enjoy this podcast and like these conversations with artists, there's something very small you can do that's very big for the podcast. If you could take just a couple minutes and leave a review and rating, It immeasurably helps the podcast get on the radar of others who might like to hear these artist stories. So if you could do that now, it would mean so much. Fans of Sound and Vision, the official book of the podcast, Why I Make Art, Contemporary Artist Stories About Life and Work, is available through Altilier Editions, the publisher's website. It's altilier editionscom The book features 30 in-depth looks at artists... Who have been on the podcast, spanning mediums from painting, drawing, photography, sculpture, performance, and land art. Artists include Diane Al Hadid, Jules de Balancourt, Greg Crutzen, Heather Day, Inca Essenhigh, Salman Tour, Robin Williams, and many more. The book features a foreword by my friend Rishikesh Hirway, who is also the host of Song Exploder, the Netflix special and podcast. You can check it out at ateliereditions.com or you can get to the link through soundenvisionpodcast.com. Sound vision is supported by Golden Artist Colors. Golden is an employee-owned company that makes the best artist materials for making that you can get. Over the last 25 years or so, I've been using Golden acrylics, mediums, and materials, and I stand by the quality in their products. They make acrylics that stay wet longer, they dry flat, mediums to make you paint super thick and beautifully fluid they also make williamsburg oil paints and core watercolors as well you can find golden in your local art store or online at goldenpaints.com sound and vision is supported by the fine coffee makers at fulcrum coffee roasters fulcrum has amazing coffee beans that you can order straight to your door On their website, you can choose from different roasts, from different origins, and you can even get a coffee subscription where you can get different beans delivered to your door each week or month. I'm on this subscription plan, and it's amazing. As a coffee fanatic, getting new roasts all the time delivered fresh to the door is amazing. If you get to Seattle, you can even see a 10-foot by 40-foot mural of mine in their 6th and Bell Street shop. Check out Fulcrum Coffee Roasters at fulcrumcoffee.com. Erin Armstrong is an artist working and living in Toronto, Canada. Her work has been exhibited extensively across North America and Europe, with recent shows at Hashimoto Gallery in Los Angeles, Beers London, and Duran Marshall in Montreal. Her next solo exhibition will open October 31st in Milan, Italy, at Alessandro Albanese Gallery, closing out the year with a group show in Seoul, South Korea, at Every Monday Gallery this December. Aaron and I talk about Toronto, working from home, not going to art school, but wanting to, painting in the family, connecting with people, painting the figure, and much more. Here's our conversation.
2: natural way we are. <laughs>
1: exactly. So where are you
0: now?
2: Um, I am in my house in Toronto, um, which is also, my studio is in my house, so... Yeah, that's where I am.
1: So you spend a lot of time there is what you're saying.
2: <laughs> I Yes, I do. I I used to have um, a really cool studio for a long time. Um, but Toronto is like crazy. I don't know if it's reported as much in the U.S., but Toronto is like a crazy real estate market. And it's just like yeah. out, out of control how much um, rent is. And there's like very few art Spaces anymore, um, even though there's actually like quite a few artists that are coming out of Toronto and it's like pretty decently sized art scene. So um, there used to just kind of be, there was one studio space everyone was in, it was an old coffin factory. <laughs> and uh, then everyone got kicked out of that, and then ev- everyone moved into sort of like the final big warehouse, and I was in that for quite a few years. Um, but then when COVID hit, uh I decided I, I was gonna buy my first place. Um so yeah, so I bought a home and I just decided that it makes more financial sense to work out of my house for now than to pay like an outrageous um amount for a studio. So I am in my house a lot. <laughs> yeah. But um but I love my so house, you, so it's good.
1: Are you uh are you born and raised in Toronto?
2: Yes. I was born in, um, Toronto, grew up just outside of Toronto in Oakville. Um, and then I went to university in Nova Scotia, um, and then lived in LA for a year. Um, and then yeah, moved back to Toronto.
1: Were your parents lifers?
2: No, my parents are both, (laughs) my parents are both from like small (laughs) remote towns in, uh, Ontario. Um, Both grew up like very poor and uh, kind of, I guess, ended up both in Toronto. Um, But yeah, they didn't grow up in the city. Um, And but now both of them live in Toronto. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Toronto's I mean, I've been a couple of times and recently. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a great town. I did this ginormous painting of the Niagara Falls. So I took a trip up with my family and took photos and stuff. And then we hung out in Toronto. So yeah, it's, I mean, there's good food. There's like a good art scene.
2: Yeah. I think Toronto is like one of the um, top cities in the world for multiculturalism. Like it's a huge melting pot. Um, So the food scene is like amazing. Um, And yeah, there's, there's a lot of artists that are coming out of Toronto um, I don't know if it's just like so cold, everyone's locked inside making stuff in the winter or what's going on, but, um, yeah, it's definitely like becoming a lot cooler and there's a lot of, uh, sort of cultural things to do here now.
1: Yeah. I remember when I was young in college and a friend of a friend was in the Royal Art Lodge or whatever. And it was like, oh, this group of artists in Canada, and, you know, oh, it seems really? so exotic <laughs> you know, I didn't know that many canadian i mean now it's just there's a lot of people as you're saying like the scene is you know there there's a lot of people making work really good stuff out of Toronto and yeah. canada in general so
2: yeah 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 it's cool it's, and um, you got the
1: quality of life i mean you've got you know those amenities that yeah. many people here who travel north to escape
2: <laughs> i know <laughs> yeah out. i mean it feels like especially with climate change it's like toronto used to be very cold and Feel like everywhere else below us is just getting hotter and now we're finally gonna be like the last frontier of it'll be like evening out by the time the world is hot so hot everywhere else we'll be like at a mild temperature because we uh yeah just have been fairly cold here forever but now it's like shockingly kind of nice for a lot longer during the seasons yeah. but yeah
1: a lot of it's beautiful we- places it's weird when you feel like you might not have to migrate south in your lifetime for warmer weather
2: yeah, it's definitely very scary. It's, yeah,
1: it's not good.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: so, uh, were your parents creative types? Were they into yes. creative things?
2: So my mom is a painter. Um, she, uh, my, the whole like my mom's whole side of my family are all artists and writers and painters and everything. Um. So yeah, growing up, I my mom had her art studio at our house. It was like my mom actually converted like the garage and it was kind of this big glass box. And so growing up, I the like story, I feel like I've told so many times to people is um, I used to fake being sick when I was a kid, mm-hmm. basically up until I had to like go to <laughs> grade eight, I would basically tell my mom every day that I had strep throat because I didn't want to go to school. And she would let me stay at home with her and we would, paint in her studio all day so I was kind of like a feral child until my dad kind of intervened and he was like you need to go to school because I don't even think you can count um so yeah she um went to university did the studio program at U of T which is um the University of Toronto so yeah from a very young age I was like always out in my mom's studio and she kind of like taught me how to paint (laughs) um
1: what kind of paintings did she make?
2: Her art's very similar to mine. Um, she is like very gestural and um, she definitely leans more towards like figurative, but she, whereas I don't really do abstract, she does also kind of like more half and half like figurative abstract. So, um, so yeah, but it's kind of like similar color palette. Um similar brushwork. So you could definitely if you saw her work, you would say like, oh yeah, that looks like mother and daughter.
1: <laughs> Which is funny because I feel like a lot of times kids who have parents who are artists, they may go into something creative, but it's usually not the same exact field. And that's I based know. on no real research, just like yeah. friends and stuff. You yeah. Know,
2: like- I know it's I it's weird. I think um I mean I'm close with my mom and we're very similar in a lot of ways um and I guess I just yeah I just like from such a young age it was just such a core part of my life I hated going to school and I was really shy when I was younger so um I just wanted to stay home and like hang out and so I think I I had like so much fun just painting all day in her studio that I think at for a very young age it just became something I was like oh I'm going to be a painter one day. Like, this is what I love doing. So I guess probably because she was already just doing it every day. Maybe it was just something that like very early on became entrenched in me as like, this is what I like to do. And it sort of just flowed and we ended up kind of doing similar things, but, um, but yeah, I mean, my, and my dad's a lawyer or was a lawyer He's retired now. Um, So definitely did something completely opposite to him <laughs> yeah. at least. But, um, yeah. Law
1: and art. I mean, that's a good combination, I guess, at least. uh um, you know, opposites opposite yeah. or.
2: Oh, know. they are broken up. They are not, my Never parents are not pals. Never mind, strike that from the right <laughs> Yeah. <side. laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, my dad is really into photography actually. So he, um, he had that that he was interested in but uh my mom and her side of the family is definitely the most like creative side and then my sister is a film director and editor so she has her own like kind of creative um practice in a different way but like
1: she, she's older or younger sorry she's two did you years,
2: yeah i know she's two years older than me okay. um and She, yeah. So she's like amazing video and sound and everything and, um, directing, but when she draws, she can like exclusively draw cartoons. Um, so she's like, I don't know how you and mom are like so artistically inclined and she's just so not in that way. Um, but she's amazing in terms of like, yeah, film. So it's funny how, yeah, within families, it can be so kind of different, whatever it gets. (laughs)
1: Well, you, so you felt like very comfortable being in the studio and being in that environment, but like mm-hmm. when you're, when you're younger and you're like, oh, I, I like doing this. You're usually not thinking career when you're that young, you know what I mean? So I
2: think I was, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I
1: was just gonna say, were you just, you know, accelerated in that? Or were you just thinking, oh, this is just the thing I like to do. I don't like school. I like being in this atmosphere. And it um,
2: continued. it wasn't, I like genuinely when I was young, I remember I told my dad, I was like, no, I want to be a painter when I grow up. And he was like, okay, because <laughs> I think he, you know, he's like, well, maybe something more financially stable or like realistic. But I think from very, the, a very young age, like I remember even in grade school, they always used to, um, when we would read books or whatever, they would break us into, um, groups when we were in like grade four and someone would be like the editor and the whatever and I would always be the uh the illustrator like Mm -hmm. I'd always illustrate the book and it was like always everyone's like oh Aaron will do that because I always wanted to anything like drawing or art related I just always flourished in and I took art all throughout like grade school high school um but I think by the time I got to high school um I definitely maybe (laughs) realized becoming an artist as a job as a real career I kind of got older and realized that's pretty rare right. so um I think maybe yeah when I got a bit older I was maybe thinking more realistically like oh, it's probably not gonna happen but when I was young I genuinely thought I was like oh yeah I'll become an artist
1: <laughs> right it's um, it's kind of like sad in a way that you know it's fr- I mean it, it's reality I guess but where it's framed as the art thing it's like oh well that's not really something you could do but law, we need more lawyers or you'll always be able to sue someone or you know it's kind of
2: and I (laughs) remember the dad
1: but it's almost like we'd be better off probably if we had a little more you know encouragement into the arts and less encouragement into the libel
2: oh yeah and the the story that's like kind of crazy is um when I was in high school um again, like I actually love learning. I am always reading and uh, like, I do love learning, but I am a visual learner. So I always struggled throughout school. Um, and when I was young, I always was made to feel dumb because I just don't retain things unless I'm taught it visually. So for me, school was always like, Oh, I don't want to be here. I don't, I, and the only class I loved was art especially in high school. And um, when we were applying to university, I applied to all the like big, um, like OCAD and Concordia and Queens university, all the Canadian, um, fine art programs. Mm-hmm. And then I got early acceptance and I was really excited and I was like, okay, I'm going to go to university for art, um, do the fine art program. And everyone had to meet with a guidance counselor in our high school before we accepted our, um, letter to whatever university we chose just to like talk to her and say, you know, I'm going to go to school for art or whatever. And I remember I went in and I had my meeting with her and I said, I'm going to accept OCAD, which is like the big um, art university in Toronto. And she was like, what, why? And I was like, (laughs) well, I want to go to a university for art. Like that's why. And she literally looked at me with like the most, troubling look in her eye and she was like what are you possibly gonna do with art and i was like (laughs) oh and i always i was always a year behind i i went into school a year early so i think i was actually like 15 or 16 like you think you're really old when you're in high school but you're actually like basically still a tween i was like so you're i think you're really easily influenced and um and i remember just kind of being jarred by her reaction And she was like, look, you also got into university for general arts. Like, that's a more reasonable thing. Like, why don't you go and just get a BA, like a Bachelor of Arts, and then um, you'll have something to fall back on. And I I remember being like, whoa, like maybe... (laughs) maybe she's right what am I doing with art even though like what is a BA gonna get me (laughs) like at least I would have a skill that I could leave with that you know you could transition a fine art like a BFA into something probably way more than just like a general arts but um yeah so I remember I was like super rattled when she said that to me and it really got in my head And it was in the middle of a time where like my parents were in the middle of a divorce. So people weren't like around that much to be like guiding me. It was kind of like I was on my own in the minute. And I just thought, okay, I'm going to just, I guess, go to university for a BA. (laughs) So I actually went for four years, did an undergrad in history. And people always ask like art history. I'm like, no, no. Like Genghis Khan, World War III, (laughs) like nothing art related.
1: Now that's Um, (laughs) way more employable.
2: Yeah, I know. Like, That's you- the thing. When I was in it, I'm like, okay, I don't want to be a professor. Like, I don't want to teach, like, the battle of Dieppe. What am I doing here? Like, how is this? Uh... Anyways, um, but I think, again, like, you're just so young when you're going into university and you're just still so, like, in your head, you're like, oh, I'm just going to go party and, like, figure it out or whatever. Um, so, yeah, it's funny that I... Um, didn't do anything for four years and all my friends from university when I finally started like painting and I was showing and stuff they were like wait you paint (laughs) like we (laughs) didn't even know this because I I honestly felt like four years of my life in university it just sort of I just stopped I don't know I think I was really discouraged by that conversation with her and I was like I'll focus on university for now but um yeah so that's actually the story of how uh how I was really into art. And then I kind of got crushed by the dream that one, crusher. Yeah. That one conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, um,
1: yeah, I, in a way you kind of think, okay, well, you know, maybe they're being practical. They're just like looking out. Yeah. You know, parents do that too, where they're like, why don't you do something, you know, that'll get you a paycheck or whatever, but yeah. To your point, I don't know if a BA is like a rock solid job. Oh, choice,
2: it's you know? literally like if I ever have kids and they wanna, you know, go to university or college, I'll definitely like I, I'll definitely be like, do something you actually want to do because right. four years is a long time to waste. And honestly, most of that time I was like smoking weed and skipping class and like going to the movies and not even going to <laughs> right. like I honestly don't know how I graduated. Um, because yeah, I wasn't like I mean, I find some, a lot of history interesting, but I definitely didn't want to wake up at 6 a.m. to learn about, you know, some sinking of some ship in 1800s. Like, I I definitely wish I had gone... Um, some days I wish I had really had just gone to university for art because a huge part of me still has, like, this imposter syndrome um, because in my head, I'm like, oh, well, I'm just like a self-taught artist. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) I don't know. You know, I didn't get um, four years in a studio program. And so some days I have that. And then other days, um, like friends of mine who did do a studio program at OCAD or at other universities, they actually said that when they went into art school, they went in like so excited and had so much like, creativity and like weird ideas they wanted to um, get out there and then a lot of the programs actually like really forced them into painting one way like like a lot of them said that they were forced to like really learn the human anatomy and like start doing really high realist paintings and a lot of them were very like deterred from doing more experimental stuff so by the time they graduated they were like very technically Skilled, but they found that their creativity had kind of been crushed in certain ways. So I found that interesting um, just to hear that from certain people. So,
1: yeah, um, there's no, there's no real right. Yeah. It, you know what I mean? And
0: mm-hmm.
1: like that, when you said like, you know, you're self, pretty much self-taught, so imposter syndrome, actually everyone's pretty much self-taught in a yeah. way. <laughs> I mean, you learn some things and mm-hmm. in- you have that community, whatever, but a lot of what you're learning is really, you know, the hours that you're putting in and just yeah, just certain things you just can't, as I say this as a professor, like you can't teach certain things. You just learn being in the studio for eight hours a day, you know, yeah.
0: it's just so
2: many things are trial and error, happy accidents, like so many techniques. I've just figured out totally, you know, by accident. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um,
1: and, and, school can ruin you or can it can make you great. And it depends on the mm-hmm, person, you know, it's, for sure. it's like whatever the experience is in it is, whether it's a, you know, a bachelor's in history or whether it's, you know, fine arts degree or whether it's not going to school or like, if you come out of the other side and you're making work, you kind mm-hmm. of won and you yeah. learn something in that process, you know, mm-hmm, you, for sure and now you have these vast storehouses of wisdom on history that you can bring to your day-to-day life which i'm yes. sure is i mean, it must come in handy occasionally right
2: um it comes up sometimes <laughs> In Jeopardy. Jeopardy. Yeah. Did you just say Jeopardy at the yeah, same I time? Oh, I yeah. did.
1: The place yeah. where when art history comes up as a category, I'm like, all right, I'm running the table. This is yeah. my one chance. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, I'm a uh, pro at Jeopardy. I should go on. <laughs> yeah, why not? Um yeah. so
1: so you got out of that, you got out of school and was basically like, Well, there's four years gone by. How did you start getting back into it?
2: Yeah. So I graduated I think in 2012 from university and um, initially I was like I mean overall I really actually didn't enjoy my university experience because it was very like kind of I guess to equate it to like a university in the U.S. it would be kind of one that was very like football soror- like it wasn't like a cool um, city vibe it was very much more like small town Americana vibe so I didn't I didn't feel like I was in the place I should have been and I wasn't meeting the people like I wanted to in terms of like creative more creative people and everything so when I left I think I was in a really down place and I was feeling very like uninspired and not I was feeling agitated because I was like I know I can do more than this and I feel like I need to just finally start on a route of like what I really wanted to do which was something creative and in the arts so when I graduated, I got a job at a, at a fashion magazine, thinking that that would be like, at least, you know, you can make some steady money and have just some creative um, outlet. And it was fine, but it was like, it definitely was a little bit devil's wear pro wears Prada, that kind of um, uh, vibe going into the yeah. office. Yeah. And that's fashion. Uh, yeah. And then I realized I'm like, you know, I like fashion, but I don't want to work in fashion. So, um, after I tried that, then I worked at an advertising agency being like, you know what, maybe I could do work in the art department and that'll be creative. So I worked there again. It was just like a ton of clients being like, um, I want this chocolate bar wrapper to be blue, but I want it to be a little darker blue. And so also I was like, oh, this is not the creativity also I'm looking for. Um, so then I decided that, I needed to go back to school because my kind of fallback idea was to become an art director because when I did work at the fashion magazine, I really enjoyed like being on sets with photo shoots. And I thought that there at least was like a lot of creativity in that. So um, somebody who I knew that was an art director was like, you have to basically get a graphic design degree first um, to get into art direction. So I ended up doing like a one-year intensive college program um, with graphic design and interactive media um so yeah so I went back to school and during that time I got like a really small studio in Toronto because I decided like I need to start painting again um and just like for the joy of it really nothing more I wasn't expecting like shows or galleries or people even going to buy it but I just really wanted to get back into that flow So I would go to school in the day and then I take the subway down to the studio at night and paint. And then um, while this was all happening, um, my mom one day like gave me an art Canada magazine when she was like, Oh, look through this. And there is a article about this um, upcoming art. It's called the artist project. And it's a lot of like the OCAD students or like, um emerging artists that it's a fair in Toronto that people show at and it said it was opening in like three weeks and I was like hey I've been painting a bit like maybe I should submit (laughs) to the artist project not ever having exhibited anywhere like knowing what I was doing so I emailed them and I was like hi like could I submit and they're like um we open the submissions a year in advance like the show's opening in three weeks um, but they're like, but we had one person just drop out. Like, do you actually have paintings to show? And I didn't at all. And I was like, yes, I do. Um, I just lied. And then I kicked my mom out of her studio. Cause she had a big studio and for three weeks, Take I just, <laughs> yeah. I was like, get out <laughs> your studio for, um, three weeks. And I just made, I think I made like 10 paintings and large um, scale or they were like, there was a couple that were like, yeah, size, couple, small, and then one big one. Um, and so then totally like, I mean, I guess ignorance is bliss. Cause I really had no idea what I was getting into, but I think like 10,000 people walked through the first night. It was like in a huge convention center. And I think I <laughs> was having like a panic attack. So I was like, "Oh, what have I done? But, um, yeah, so I set up my booth and then I sold out the first night and like a couple of the bigger galleries in Toronto who i at the time, didn't know who they were or anything. They bought some pieces for their own private collection. And I was like, Whoa, I guess like people like my work. And I was like flabbergasted because, uh, I think a painting that was like 48 by 36, which is like a pretty common size. I do now, I think I sold it for like 300 or $400. And I remember being like, are you sure you want to give me this money? <laughs> and they were like, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> and I was like, so beyond confused that people wanted to pay me for this stuff. Um,
1: We're probably excited.
2: Oh yeah. I was so excited. I literally thought I was like a millionaire. i got $300 <laughs> for my paintings and I was like, dropping out of school, living my life off of this <laughs> weekend's pay. But um, anyway, so yeah, so that weekend was like kind of crazy and it definitely sparked something in me like, oh, maybe I should like really keep painting and see where this goes. But I was halfway through my graphic design thing and I was like, you know what, I'm going to finish it. Um, I'm not going to just like abandon this for one weekend of <laughs> craziness. So then I kept going to school and I was kept going to my studio and painting and everything. And then I got an email like two weeks after I had that um, initial show from a woman in New York. And she was like, I saw your work at the fair I didn't talk to you, but I was just like walking around scouting and I have a gallery on Lafayette Street in New York. Like, would you want to come down next week or like in two weeks or something for a group show? And I remember also being like, What? <laughs> I was like, is this the right? Are you are you sure you reach out to the right person? Um so yeah. So then I that was actually my first kind of like group show ever. And it was in New York, and it was, I was like, Whoa, what's going on? So basically I kept doing kind of like group shows. People started like, I I started my art Instagram around that time. Um, and I was just posting, um,
1: And your work is just stuff that it's kind of like intuitive, like the things that you were kind of interested in before where it's sort of figurative and
2: yeah, it's always been figurative. Um, I mean, I think technically in the last 10 years, hopefully I've gotten like a bit better, but, um, I think and from early on, looking at the work, you can definitely still tell. It's like my work. It's been very common like threads throughout. Um, so, yeah, the work that I was bringing down there was still within the same vein as what you're seeing now. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah and so I showed there and then other a couple other people saw the work and asked me to like show in Australia and in Edinburgh and I was like what's going on so I kind of just kept posting on my Instagram and having these sort of like random um group shows when people would reach out and then the day I graduated from graphic design school um I had booked a trip to Alaska actually as like my grad trip with a friend and I was getting on the plane and then a, a gallery, um, that I'm now represented with in Toronto called Bogie. They sent me an email and they're like, Hey, we've been like looking at your work. Would you want to come in for a meeting? And it just happened to be the day I graduated <laughs> from this graphic design program. Um, and it, which was so serendipitous and I was like what and so I said yeah I'm going to Alaska I'll be back in two weeks and then I think it was on my 23rd birthday they signed me um and basically started selling my work like right away to the point I never had to work a day as a graphic designer and uh yeah it's kind of it kind of just uh, snowballed to a point where I kind of have fallen into a place where I can be a full-time artist which is very nice
1: yeah. So a question for you, since like whenever I was coming out of graduate school and entering into, you know, making work, I moved to New York, there wasn't much, I mean, email was barely a thing, right? So mm-hmm. the internet really wasn't kicking on all cylinders. It sounds like for you, social media was a like Instagram was a way that you were, people were seeing the work and connecting with the work. Is that, was that a big sort of, um, way for you to sort of get out there and connect and people to see the work. I mean, obviously you had those experiences and affairs and like, you know, where people were connecting with it there, but.
2: Yeah, no, I definitely, I mean, I've said I probably wouldn't be a working artist if it wasn't for Instagram. And I feel like I know it's like a bit controversial. Some people really kind of hate um, on Instagram or social media Um, especially like fully like Instagram artists where they're just um, trying to sell paintings like directly through Instagram or whatever I don't know but I think that it's been a great platform for anyone really like who wanted to do something in the arts and like never would have been given the chance especially the way the art world worked I think you know even like 15 years ago or whatever, right before social media, especially Instagram. Um, it was a lot harder, I think, to even like you'd have to what cold call galleries or like walk in and so many galleries, um, that I've shown with now have just literally like slid into my DMS (laughs) and, um, like a ton of collectors, lots of publications, like, so they've all found me through my Instagram. So, um, I definitely, for me, it was a huge, um, tool and I I really think that my career would have been different if I hadn't, um, put my stuff out there on social media. Um, and I think
1: geographically too, right? Yeah. Because it's, it's just, you can get so many more eyes on your work. Like for sure. Even if you put aside the adage of like, oh, well dealers based in like New York, LA or London Mm -hmm. or whatever, they don't really want to commute or go to studio but just logistically you're you're able to share your work and people are able to see it so much easier
2: yeah and back
1: in the day when that wasn't possible unless they flew to Toronto to see the work
2: yeah and yeah and um like I am a very social person I do love chatting to people but I'm not someone who like loves to schmooze. Like I'm not someone. Even at my own openings, sometimes I. Oh yeah. Most. <laughs> of, I think a lot of us are. I, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I've talked to a lot of artists um, about this, and you know, like yeah, even at my own openings, I I honestly always <laughs> some, like a lot of my best friends will come and support me and stuff. So I'll just be chatting to them. And I always kind of even forget I'm at my own opening sometimes. And I'm like, I should be going up to people being like, Hey, thanks for coming. But I honestly feel like I'm burdening them by being like, Hey, and I'm like, I I don't know. I get awkward in my head that I'm, I'm just not someone who's good to. Yeah. Go to like an opening alone and walk up to the artist or walk up to anyone and just schmooze. So, and, and yeah, I've talked to a lot of artists because, um, and a lot of artists are like actually paralyzed by the fact of like, like I like going to parties and stuff, but so many of them are like, I can't handle the aspect of like, you know, having to get my face out there type thing. So I do think that social media opened a door for introverted people who are amazing at art, but just don't have the capability or desire to want to go out to an opening in New York every Thursday and like chit chat and schmooze and like, you know, Because at the end of the day, like if you're making work of quality and like, it kind of sucks that you also back in the day, you still have to also really like go and put yourself out there if if it was like almost painful for you. Um, So I think that it's nice that a lot of people um, are able to not have that kind of like stress and pressure as much. I mean, I definitely still have to go to a lot of schmoozy events, (laughs) but, um, I think I, the way that like my work got out there through just the internet, um, that would have taken me like years of going to so many other, you know, in-person things that, um, yeah, Instagram just sort of like unlocks a door where it's like, here's my work, you can enjoy it. And, um, Yeah. I don't know. So, so I think that's a really good aspect.
1: Definitely. Did you, uh, did you end up giving your mom the full-time boot from the studio and taking over?
2: Um, I did because when I graduated university, I actually moved back in with her for a year, which is like, Oh God, like you go from feeling like an adult (laughs) and then I'm like, Hey mom, I'm back. (laughs) Um, but my mom is like so supportive. Like she always was like, go to university for art. Like, stay home. She still says now, she's like, I knew you didn't have strep throat like every day. Like I'd be really worried if you'd strep throat every day for like years. (laughs) She just like, she just knew that, um, she was just very chill and wanted me to like succeed. So when I did move in with her, she was like, don't worry. Like I'm out of the studio. You take it as long as you need. Um, so yeah, I did take over her studio for quite a while until I got my own, um, downtown, but, uh, but yeah, she, she's definitely, uh, her name is Virginia, but my sister and I call her Jin, And I refer to her as my gin because she literally is just like my intern. She does like everything. She like crates things and wraps things and oh, wow. I day. do, I'll send her a picture and I really like respect her opinion. Um, so yeah, her and I have a funny relationship. Um, and I'm pretty like constantly, she comes over to my studio a lot and like, discusses the work especially before I ship out a show um so yeah we have a very artsy relationship together like that
1: I mean that's pretty impressive you don't find many um moms or dads who can give you a crit and create the work
2: yeah she's uh, yeah I guess I guess because because I really think she is a great artist and also because you know she went to U of T and is like more studio trained and I don't know I just I respect her opinion, and she usually has pretty good feedback. She's like, I think this needs to swing a little bit more there and be a little bit more sharp here. And like, this should be blue and that should be green. Like, so she's very good. And we, and usually, like, right before I ship out a show, like, I have a show in Milan opening in three weeks, and I just laid out like all my paintings basically from the length of my living room to my backyard. Cause that's how many paintings they were. And we like walk through and she looks at each of them and she's like, hmm, and then she's like, very strong. This one, she's like, Hmm, this one, something's off. So we kind of do that together. Um, and yeah, I think it is probably kind of, um, not that common, but thankfully. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you only know your experience, you know? Yeah. What about, uh, music? Were you a big music fan growing up, or did your parents have music on or in yes. the house? What's the music um,
2: situation? I do. I love music. Um, growing up, I my dad always was playing like blues records, or he was always like blasting Sarah McLachlan. Actually, I remember. Um, <laughs> like, um, and that's not a
1: nominal. Also, I have a couple friends who are artists who's. Parents listen to specifically Sarah McLaughlin. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. But it there's is a some, hot
2: time in the nineties. <laughs>
1: yeah, there's like a there's a, a DNA thread there of of creativity or something that links up with parents and Sarah McLaughlin, I think.
2: Yeah. Um, I never
1: I I just never experienced Sarah McLaughlin.
2: Oh really? So your parents were not blasting Sarah McLaughlin.
1: No, they were it's like Motown and Anita yeah. Baker, you know.
2: We listen to a lot of Motown too. That's actually I I love Motown. Like when I'm in the studio, I mean I either listen to, like, classical music. Uh, I listen to Ludovico Enaudi. I am always, like, butcher his name, but I think that's it. Um, or I'll listen to, like, Otis Redding or Marvin Gaye or, like, Nina Simone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I grew up listening to a lot of that. Um, it's a good balance. Yeah. Classical and Motown. Yeah. You get and the then,
1: erudite and then you get the soul stuff, too.
2: Yeah. You know? So... I definitely grew up listening to a lot of that, Um, and I, like, kind of, yeah, I listen to, uh, I mean, there's an artist out of Toronto, she's pretty big now, though, her name's Charlotte Day Wilson, I listen to her a lot in the studio, she's kind of also, like, bluesy, Um, and then... And then like sometimes, yeah, I'll put on like rap in the studio and <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of like a very eclectic. I'm not, I think the one genre I'm not really, don't really listen to much is country. I feel like a lot of ABC. people
1: do. <laughs> Anything but country. <laughs>
2: Anything but country. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I like
1: some vintage, uh, you know, uh, Hank Williams Sr. Like stuff like that is pretty yeah, good. Yeah. I mean, and, stuff and it's I funny
2: because so much country actually has its roots in like bluegrass yep. rockabilly, like and and i do like that stuff so i do it is weird but i guess it's more so like i'm i'm not drawn to like a miranda lambert or something like I that kind know of country. who that is but i'll take it yeah, she's for. like yeah she's like a i think a pop um i don't know whatever you don't need to know who she is but yeah so i definitely um listen I actually find because I'll either listen to like a podcast or an audible book when I paint Mm -hmm. but I notice a difference when I switch over to listening to music that I actually feel like I get more into a flow state when I start like listening to music and I actually feel like my work I find that like almost my hand loosens up and the this brushwork becomes almost looser and so um because for That's a while, cool. yeah, for a while I was really just like needing to, because I listened to music for so many years. I was like, you know what? I'm going to start listening to Audible books and just switch it up. And um, only recently I was like, okay, I'm kind of over the Audible books. I'm going back to music. And really, since I was making this show over the last few months, I was back to listening to music and I was like, oh, wow, like this really significantly, I find it significantly changes my flow state. Like I'm really, I always say, I feel like a blackout when I'm in the studio, like I go in and then like six or seven hours passes and feel like I'm going to faint. Cause I haven't like eaten or drank or <laughs> done anything. Um, and when music is involved, I really, really do get into that, um, flow state. So.
1: Yeah. Who, uh, who would you say your paintings sound like, music-wise?
2: Oh, oh no! That's interesting. <laughs> I have to think about this one. I know
1: it's a tricky one, and I feel like I need when I ask this question, I should have some like intro like music. Some, uh, some who's time like
2: a, who's a, who's like a famous artist you can think of that you would uh, give as an example as their music sounds like x like uh,
1: all right so like banks violet would sound like some sort of death metal scream core you know oh, okay, like true. heavy um you could say oh um sarah z would sound like some sort of like pulsing electronic like you know yeah. hyper fast okay. like uh break core stuff
2: you yeah know? well now i'm thinking so i mean my paintings are supposed to be like quite a juxtaposition between uh, really kind of like saturated, beautiful, traditionally well-paired colors. And like, there's a lot of flowers and stuff, but the juxtaposition is supposed to be that the actual figures are all quite like melancholy or like dazed and looking off or slumped over or just like eh, in a zombie fugue state. So it's supposed to be the juxtaposition of like, how it feels to be alive because they think a lot of life there's like the highs and lows, beauty and the sorrows, and everything. Um, so, and then most of my paintings, I put them in so- sort of like maybe quirky environments or like they're in a strange, almost contorted pose. So I think maybe the music would have to be something that's like maybe a bit, um, I don't know, like the, the tempo would be changed, like, like unexpected twists and turns. Like, you know, I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah, um, and I read once that about music, cause I actually took a course in university. It was called listening to or your brain on music, which actually was one of my favorite courses in university. Um, and they said that the best music or the most interesting bu- music that actually like lights your brain up on when they do scans of brains, listening to music is when, um it's something's unexpectedly either like the tempo like drops or it like totally switches into like a something you weren't expecting because it makes your brain it like tingles your brain to have like an unexpected like sound or a space and I think also with paintings when something is like weird or unexpected or like a bit off um I think that it makes your brain Tingle a bit because it, it's It's sort of like you're thinking A lot of things all at once and it's like uh, So I I guess Oh I
1: know I just yeah. thought of something <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Sorry no no go ahead No I want to know <laughs> No no you gotta go first because I feel like I'll taint your I don't you know I'm still I still it. don't know okay. I'm honestly you know like band rambling band Shake? Sorry Do you know the band Home Shake
2: No I but... think
1: maybe that might be Somewhere nearby
2: Home Shake okay I'm gonna write it down they they're really get... good but
1: they're it's kind of poppy and it's but it's and it's a little saturated at times but it's off kilter like it, everything yeah. is just a little like wonky Dorky. sometimes yeah. in a <laughs> really compelling way that's what makes them amazing
2: oh anyways I'll be okay interested. i'm gonna listen to them After now, i was gonna <laughs> say tame
1: impala for a second because there's a little out kind of feeling yeah but that's a little psychedelic i think
2: yeah I think
1: home shake might be closer
2: yeah, I try to I try to keep the my paintings um just on the border before getting into like psychedelic surrealist stuff. So mm-hmm. they they're they're supposed to be almost like worlds they're supposed to be like uh within worlds that we can recognize, but I never like to put them in any like literal like you never add any type of iconography or imagery like a cell phone or anything because it's supposed to be like the worlds are just um color blocks or plants or something so they're kind of based in reality but also kind of based in like dream states so Mm -hmm. they're like just bordering um maybe that tame impala like surreal (laughs) state but but doesn't dip its toe fully in there yet so
1: how about do you like mac demarco
2: yeah.
1: I feel like there's a little bit of that. Kind
2: yeah. Of... Maybe I'm gonna put play all of these and writing them down. Isn't it I'm funny gonna... though
1: how if when you think about music, you can start to discuss your work or think about your work in a totally different way that kind yeah. of opens a portal where you turn off like the art world side of thinking about it and you can yeah turn on that more internal reaction and feel that it's yeah, like a it's, feel thing.
2: It's crazy too because actually so when I was growing up my parents put me into piano lessons, mm-hmm. um, and I learned like the just all the chords, like A, B, C, D, whatever. Um, and basically, I think I, I think I'm just very. Uh, once I'm over something, I'm over it, and I think I was really frustrated with trying to learn how to read music properly. I'm like, oh, I know how to p- play the basic chords. I can just figure out myself. This is when I was like seven years old or something. And so I used to show up at my um piano teacher's house and I will, I would have like written songs over the weekend and I would play them for her. And <laughs> my mom picked me up one day and my um, piano teacher, she was like, I, I had tears in my eyes today. I think Aaron, like, is a real composer but she refuses to actually learn how to play music she just like is making them up and she wanted to send me to this school in boston when i was like eight or nine because she she said like we have to nurture this because like aaron's just being like basically a dick by not like actually wanting to properly learn music but that like i was making these compositions that were i guess she thought were like quite impressive for my age And I remember my mom was like, would you want to go to Boston for a year to a music school? I was like, no. (laughs) And uh, and I just remember like when I would play piano and I can still, you know, sit down at a piano and like play, but um, I never learned the, I mean, it's pretty kind of like parallels between like I can sit down at a canvas and paint, but I never like learned traditionally maybe how they teach you at art school. But um, I just remember the feeling of like, the flow state you get into when I do play the piano in that way um, is like so similar. The only other time I feel it is when I'm painting. Um, So I definitely have thought a lot about the correlation between how sometimes like, yeah, it's just when I get to a canvas or a piano or whatever, something just comes out of me. And a lot of the times when I feel like, oh, I've blacked out all day in the studio and I step back, I'm like, did I paint that? Like, I don't think I could do that again. <laughs> like I really, it is, it really, and I've had a couple of friends who are painters say the same thing. They're like, what the fuck did I make that? Yeah. Um, it's amazing.
1: That's so, I, I don't know if you, you play music, play music, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. um, like, I've been in a band and record, you know, played a lot, many years of my life. And there's that time where you are writing music and it just kind of comes out of you. Yeah. And then at the end, sometimes when you record it and you listen it back and like, I don't even remember, like, no, how did we do that? It's and weird. that's very similar like, to what for, you're talking about. In it
2: becomes uh, like creating anything in that way. You really do feel like you just go into a different dimension. <laughs> then you yeah. come back to your body and you're like, the hell? <laughs> like yeah, I have that ability within me. Yeah. So sometimes through. people are like, I get a lot of people messaging me on Instagram being like, can you meet me for coffee? And how, like, how did you come up with your style? Or like, how do I get to, you know, XYZ and they want advice. And I'm like, honestly, I don't even know what I'm up to. I'm just like blacking out and painting and just like honestly free falling and seeing how things go. Um, Maybe like I mean, that's I do advice. Yeah, just I do meet for I try money. to meet with as many people like a lot of younger girls actually message me just asking if they can take me out for a coffee and give them advice. And I'm like Are these LOL. all people. <laughs> um uh, well, well yeah, in, a lot of them are tr- from Toronto because they know I live here, but, um, I was in LA for a show in November. Somebody saw that I was there and she was like, could I take you for coffee? So there've been a couple of times when I've been traveling that I guess people have seen and they've asked me, That's um, nice. So I try to, but sometimes I'm just like too busy or overwhelmed. Um, But then I usually try and just like send them a message being like, here's what I did and do, but I don't know. (laughs) I truly don't know what I'm up to. And it's like, I feel like a lot of people, it's like that thing where we all kind of grow up and become adults and everyone's like, uh do you feel like you're really mature and like an adult now or like I don't know what I'm doing and I feel like so many of my friends have kids and stuff they're like I don't know what I'm doing I still feel like I'm 17 (laughs) like and I feel sometimes yeah with art I I'm like honestly you just the best advice is just to start painting and keep painting and like let's see where it goes and if if it's good or you know, you, and then you post it online or you reach out to some people, like as long as it's got some merit, like, and people will see that I, I really do kind of think like, you know, if you build it, they will come. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think
1: that's great advice
0: for yeah. artists.
2: Yeah. Cause they're really, I mean, now there's more so actual, I was going to say there's not really a handbook on how to do all this, but I think more so there've been a lot of like um, good books published in the last few years. Like, um I can't I think her name is Katie Hessel she um just released that the history of art without men or the history I can't remember what it is but um it's like a really interesting book um and talks about like a lot of people's journeys and how certain people got to where they are and big artists and so it's nice that a lot of people are like currently writing more realistic versions of like the art world and how people got to xyz but a lot of people's stories are similar just like they just kept making work and then eventually someone, the right person saw it. And well, all the time it just snowballs, like, into, I don't know.
1: You know what the the common denominator is though? Everyone who that happens to, they're all working and they're all really into making work.
2: Yeah. And yeah. I think
1: these days, I think that is one of the pitfalls as you see a lot of younger students or people who think like, oh, well, if I, Get it online in the right way or whatever, but they're not yeah. under studio. And I think anyone yeah. is doing well and successful is like putting the work in.
2: Yeah. And that's what I always say when I meet with these people for a coffee or whatever, and they're asking, I'm like, honestly, like it doesn't like all that matters is if you're making work that's good. Like or or just any work, because when they ask a lot of them ask me, How do you how did you figure out your style? And it's not like I sat down and I was like, I'm going to paint this person falling over. Like, I just, I was like, you know, 10 years ago, I was still had the same themes and ideas and like thoughts going on in my head. And I was just trying to put that down on canvas. Um, But if I, I've painted almost every day for like 10 years. So obviously those ideas evolve and you learn like different techniques and you learn different like ways of expressing those thoughts. But I think that a lot of people starting out, they want an answer of like, tell me what to paint, how to paint it, and like, you know, how do you figure it out? And it's like, there isn't really an answer to that. It's it's more so you just have to get in the studio. And I've made like a million horrible paintings. And, you know, you just <laughs> you just have to learn from that. And then your voice kind of emerges one day and you kind of just feel more confident in like this is really the like the way I want to um yeah go forward in my practice but also like I think it's great to also be open to like switching things up like you don't have to stay stagnant in you know I don't think I would ever for example like all of a sudden start painting like high realism or like landscapes but I mean I am a figurative painter but I don't think that I have to like forever stay in like the exact same lane of doing it um as I've been presenting it over the last 10 years so I'm open to experiment and I think um people should also remember that like it's just something you should be having fun with also like who cares if you fuck up a canvas like paint over it or throw it out and start again yeah you know totally like Nothing's nothing. gonna happen if you <laughs> make a bad painting.
1: Yeah, what's the risk? You know what I yeah. mean. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's 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 good advice. Well, for people who want to see your work, and I guess if they're going to Milan, it sounds like that's your next thing.
2: Yes, come one, come all to Milan. I'm um, I have a solo show opening on Halloween, October thirty first. But I I hear it is not a big in italy so
0: hopefully people will be
2: (laughs) yeah um and i will be there for it uh and it is yeah in milan at alessandro albanese gallery and then in november um i'm part of an artist collective out of la um called the lobster club we had our first group show last year uh in koreatown and we're having the second um anniversary show November 12th um and it was really fun there's like a ton of really great artists um we're each just gonna have like one um piece in it uh, as a group show but it's like a really fun party and so that is open to anyone because people also always message me being like, do I need to pay to get in or be on a guest list? I'm like, no, just come. That's <laughs> um, the best part about art. Yeah. I think people part, get really for... nervous about going into art galleries. I'm like, no, there's no fee. Like you can just walk in. Yeah. Um, and then finally um, I'm showing in South Korea in Seoul, In a group show at a gallery called Every Monday, but it's like M-O-O-O-O-N-D-A-Y, Monday. Mm -hmm. Um, In an all-female group show in December. Um, Are you going? And I'm not, but funnily enough, I was actually in Seoul in like four months ago, randomly, for the first time. And I loved it so much. Yeah. that I was like oh I, I hope one day I could show in Seoul because like one of the best parts about painting and having a an sh- exhibition internationally is you get to travel and then you Gives can you write it off I'm like yeah, oh yeah this go. is a my accountant <laughs> literally thinks I'm like a psychopath he's like what do you do for work you paint <laughs> and I'm like yeah can you write this off I've going to seoul um but uh yeah but the timing is just too tight because i'm traveling a lot um so i can't make it back over there unfortunately but maybe i will have another show with them later and i'll definitely go back um because i loved it and then sorry the actual final other place i'm showing is next month um we have art toronto which is like the big canadian art fair Mm -hmm. um And I'm showing with my gallery, Boji and my other gallery, Duran Michelle, um, at two booths there. So that is what I have coming up this until the new year.
1: (laughs) Oh, good. Well, um, I'm going to send you some of those music links.
2: Yeah, please. I'm going to listen to them while I paint.
1: Yeah, you're going to be like, nah, buddy, that's not even close. <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> Just sure. Just Sarah McLachlan. It's yeah, like yeah, Sarah McLaughlin. Oh, that's a downer. Yeah. Elliot Smith, it's like, oh, man, that's heavy.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's dark. And
1: the work, it was great to hear you talking about the work because it has that sort of like feeling of freedom and intuitiveness, but exploring these lines between like sort of... Uh, anyways yeah i i was really intrigued by the work so it was really nice to talk to you thanks so much for taking oh, all the thank time thank
2: you yeah thank you for having me it was great